0: Let's bow our heads in prayer. Gracious Lord, we just thank you that you come here this morning. You meet with us to speak forgiveness and grace into our lives. Speak now. Give us ears to hear and hearts to believe. In Jesus' name, amen. So I think it's kind of appropriate that we do the... Blessing of the backpacks today. We're thinking about the beginning of Sunday school and uh, school in general because uh, we're going to start a series today on one of uh, the most prominent teaching techniques that Jesus used. In fact, 30% of his teaching is is in parables. I don't know if you knew that. And uh, we're going to spend the next several weeks unlocking. The parables of Jesus, at least some of them as are found in the Gospel of Luke. But before we do that, we've got to ask some what and why questions, like what is a parable? And you might think that's a pretty simple question, right? Uh, That uh, a parable is a story that Jesus told, and were that it were that simple. Okay, I, I can show you volumes written on trying to figure out what parables are. And the the word, it's it's the truth is that they're not just stories. Okay. The truth is they are a special kind of story. The word parable in Greek means to throw alongside. And so what happens in a parable is that Jesus throws a simple story alongside of a heavenly truth. Another way to put it, Jesus conceals a truth about God's kingdom in an earthly story in order to reveal that truth. He hides the truth to make it known. Is that confusing enough for you? Well, you're in good company. The disciples were confused as well. And they wondered, and they noticed something, and it happened in our text, that when Jesus was speaking privately with them, he was very plain spoken, but not so much with the public. And so one day they, they come to him, and the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parable? And Jesus gives what I think is kind of a threefold answer to their questions. First, Jesus speaks in parables because our hearts and our minds are by nature closed to God. It wasn't just true of the, those crowds then, it's true of all of us. That's the way we're born. This is why I speak to them in parables, Jesus says, because seeing they do not see and Hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears, with their ears, they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed. Now, I imagine that. Many of you have this experience at home, it happens in my house, it gets me in trouble. Linda will tell me something, and then an hour later she'll ask me a question about what she told me, and I'll go, what are you talking about? And then I'll realize that once again I have failed to listen. Now I know none of you other husbands are ever guilty of that, although I see some nudging going around in the room. Well, folks, not listening to God comes natural to you and me. In fact, not listening to God is our default mode as sinners. Paul writes to the Corinthians, I want you to hear this, he says, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. You learn this in catechism class. Third article of the Apostles' Creed, right at the beginning of Luther's explanation, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to Him. That's our default. And so that's the first reason he speaks in parables. Second is this, to know the secrets of the kingdom of God is a gift of God's grace. To you, he says to the disciples, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Now you need to know something. It's not that the disciples were smarter It's not that they were more spiritually discerning than the others. It's not that they were better listeners. They weren't. Their faith, to know and believe in Jesus, to be given the secrets of God's kingdom was God's gift. Jesus made this clear. Remember when he asked, them who people say he was. And then he said, who do you say I am? And Peter gave his famous answer. You know, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And, and Jesus looked at Peter and he said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. It's the same with you and me. To know and to believe in Jesus Christ is a completely undeserved gift. It is a work of the Spirit. It is a miracle that you believe. That I believe. Let's finish Luther's writing. I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to Him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the Gospel and enlightened me with His gifts, sanctified And kept me in the true faith. Jesus knows that the crowds don't understand him. That they aren't listening. Don't really know who he is or why he came. And so with them, he teaches or changes the way he teaches. That's what what startles the disciples. I was talking with Pastor Ridley about this the other day. And he gave me a great analogy, which I'm going to use before he gets to. Never tell me things before it's your turn to preach. He said the parables are like a curveball in baseball. You think it's coming in high and tight, and all of a sudden it curves down away and low, and you swing and miss entirely. It gets the batter's attention. Jesus tells the parables to pull people up short. startle them." To get them thinking. Think about deeply about Jesus and His kingdom. And who is this that's standing before Him and doing all these mir- these miracles and so forth. Well, if you want an example, the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, in Jesus' day, when Jesus was telling a parable like that, they were expecting that the hero of the parable would, of course... Be a Pharisee, a righteous man, and so forth. And then all of a sudden Jesus throws the curve in there and the hero of the story is not a Pharisee, but a despised Samaritan. Suddenly he has their attention, teaching them a truth about what it means to be a neighbor and to love in the kingdom of God. Or... This wasn't in, in a Jesus story, it's from the Old Testament. Some of the commentaries even call it a little bit of a, of a parable. It's the story of King David when he's being stubborn and, and hard-hearted and refusing to confess or repent of his adultery. And so the prophet Nathan comes and he says David oh he tells David this story about how this rich man who had everything has a guest come over and 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 David did you know king that this rich man instead of using one of his many lambs to feed his guest he stole his poor neighbor's one little lamb and David is outraged and the man must be punished he must pay back twice of what he what he has taken and and then That's when Nathan throws the curveball. You're the man, David. Now he had David's attention. David repented. And he was forgiven. See, that's, that's really the third thing that Jesus wants us to know about parables. He tells them because He desires us to repent and to believe and be saved. People misread what Jesus says in this text. They think it sounds like Jesus doesn't want the crowd to believe in Him. But if that were so, if that's what He wanted, why talk to them at all? If that was what Jesus wanted, then why go on healing their sick and continuing to teach them? No, it's in His quote from the Old Testament. Right? This is why I teach them in parables that, that because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And then he goes on as he quotes from the Old Testament. He says, they should, I do this so that they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. That's why he tells parables. You know, there's, it's not either or judgment or grace. It's both. There's a passage in the Old Testament that Isaiah gives us in Isaiah 55, it says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and Bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. That's both forgiveness and judgment, grace and mercy, law and gospel. For those who do not believe but have heard the word, the parables become a judgment. But for those who turn from their ways and live, the parables become an offering of forgiveness and grace and open the doorway to the kingdom of heaven. It occurs to me that you could say that Jesus does in parables what God the Father did in Jesus. Hides in order to reveal See, in Jesus, God has hidden Himself in flesh and blood because we can't see Him any other way. He hid Himself in a manger where God became one of us. He hid Himself on a cross where God Himself suffered and died for our sins. hid Himself in an empty tomb where Jesus rose from the dead so that all who believe in Him might have life. Everlasting. He hid himself because that's the only way sinners can see him. And my friends, that's why he hides his truth in parables. He hides in order to make himself in his ways known. Why? God himself tells us. I do not desire the death of a wicked but that the wicked man should turn from his ways and live. They should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. That's our prayer, Pastor Ridley and I, for ourselves and for you these next weeks as we seek by God's grace to unlock some of His parables. That God would work renewed repentance and faith in your heart and mine. That He would open our eyes and our hearts to Him. That the final words of our text would be true of you and me, for truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. What a privilege it is, folks, for you and me to know and to believe in Jesus Christ, to know who He is, to know the Savior has come, the mystery of the ages has been revealed, and we know it. So as Jesus ended many of his parables, he who has ears, let him hear. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.